Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Man, it's been a busy, busy week. Um, done a lot of recording this week, trying to get ahead of myself. I know a couple of weeks ago I missed... Uh, uh, recording an episode and I felt bad because I know a lot of you are expecting my episode every Tuesday or at least every week so I'm making an effort to record ahead of time to make sure I don't I don't miss any of that I had a last minute trip um, down to Puerto Rico as some of you know but anyways um, glad to be back on the podcast Uh, had a great trip um, over the week with uh, Charlie from Digital Wells um, we went to a lake in North Texas that I've, uh, I'm bound to secrecy. I can't tell you what that lake is, but it's a great lake in North Texas. And man, we had a, we had a wonderful day at the water. Not that many fish. I only ended up with like eight, lost about five bites. Um, but caught like a 19 and a quarter and a 19 and three quarters, a 20 and three quarters and a bunch of 16s and 17 inch bass i was super excited to have that day underwater needed that the last three times out in the water were not what i would have wanted so it felt nice to have that confidence bait it's actually one of the lakes that i like or love fishing the most but i try not to go there too long because you get spoiled you know when you have that honey hole and you always you know you're gonna catch him you're gonna get a limit i don't want to go like I don't want to spoil myself and I don't want to put myself in a box where I'm not learning just because I'm doing the same thing over and over and over because there really is no puzzle to put together because I already know what the puzzle is on that lake. So I try not to go too much to that lake again, just because I'm still at that stage where I'm growing as an angler. I don't know everything and there's a lot for me to learn, but I had a great time. Once again, um, started throwing, um, Texas hook swim baits because there's a lot of lily pads or at least stems. They're kind of coming up for spring now. 
And man, I missed a bunch of hook sets. I I think last episode with Cody Milton kind of jinxed me because he was talking about how he hates to throw a Texas rig bait because the hookup ratio is obviously not as good as an exposed hook. But in this case, it's a lot of grass. So I needed to have something um, with, uh, you know, like a Texas rig. But man, I lost a lot of bite. I ended up switching to a Texas rig and then a swim jig. Um, so that kind of like hookup ratio went up, but didn't get snagged as much just because those baits don't tend to get that much snagged. But anyways, had a great time on the water. Great episode for you today. I have, and I mean this when I say it, I have one of my favorite content creators. And by, by the way, every time I say I have one of my favorite content creators or tournament anglers, it's true. But in this case, this is truly is one of my favorite content creators. His name is Tracy Joseph. You might know her as Ola or old lady angler and if mom if you're listening i'm not calling tracy old lady that's just the name of her instagram account so my mom is big on not calling anyone old so anyways if you don't if you haven't heard from tracy joseph or don't follow her on instagram again old lady angler you need to follow her great fishing content the one video that the reel that she posted got me goosebumps, man. She had a video of her hooking into a big bass. It was just, his head was coming out of the water, shaking his head, trying to get that lure out. And I swear to God, I thought it was hard tarpoon. I couldn't believe, I still get goosebumps watching into that, that video, man. And we're going to be talking about her social media, how she got into um, kayak fishing, um, despite that, again, being more advanced in age than most people out there on a kayak fishing. And despite being a lady, which is usually this is a man dominated sport with a few exceptions, um, how she got into this sport um, at her age and um, how she got into the social media game and how, what this kayak fishing meant to her. So it is going to be a great episode. Stay tuned before we go to commercials. As always, thank you to my sponsor. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and fly fishing rods. By the way, they have a new fly fishing rod lineup. It's a great rod, and it's super inexpensive. So if you're going to fly fishing, you should definitely check out the website, douglasoutdoors.com. Quick commercial, and we'll bring Tracy right in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tracy Joseph, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you, Armando? Very good. Thank you so much for blessing the podcast. My pleasure. Up. Thank you for having me. Tracy, let's jump right into it. 
Uh, we were talking on the pre-recording, and I mean, right when we're talking, I'm like, this is going to be a lot more interesting than I originally thought it was going to be. And I figured this is going to be an interesting episode. But you started kayak fishing because you just recently retired, but you have a really interesting job. So you're a, bla a, a trailblazer in more than one level. Tell us about your job, your previous job before you retired. Uh, before I retired, I was an aircraft maintenance supervisor, and that career got started in 1983-ish when I joined the Air Force, and I was an aircraft mechanic in the Air Force, did four years there, got out and went into commercial aviation, spent about 14 years with Delta, and I would say my last eight years maybe nine years, I was a supervisor in charge of about 40 mechanics and various cleaners and different different types of people, but left Delta Airlines and worked for a company called NetJets, which is like your lifestyles of the rich and famous type aviation, mm -hmm. you know, little small executive jets worked there for a while and, and then finally ended up at Southwest Airlines where I finished out my career and retired a little bit early and moved to Florida. What got you into deciding you wanted to be an aircraft mechanic? I always had an interest in like electronics and gadgets. And when I took my test for the Air Force, I was going in. Actually, let me back up. I was already in the Army Reserves and I was a, I was a medic, a combat medic, and I didn't like it. So I was doing a physical inspection on an Air Force guy who happened to be a recruiter. We were talking about my job and he's like, well, why don't you go in the Air Force? If you don't like the Army, go go get a different job in the Air Force. They'll transfer you over. So that's what I did. And then based on test scores, they you get placed based on how you score. So my electronics was good enough and a position came available for an aircraft electrician. So I'm like, oh, that sounds like a blast. So I picked that and then went about my career. And That's never awesome. left, yeah, never left aviation maintenance. I still hold my certificate to work on an airplane if I chose to do so. Did you really enjoy working as a or it was something more that paid the bills? Oh no, it was an adventure. It was such an adventure. I mean, not only it's me and then as a mechanic, everybody else's guys. I mean, there, there weren't any other female. Well, there was, there was one other female mechanic, but, and there's just, it's such an adventure because no two days are the same. I mean, you're working on a whole fleet of aircraft. You have different problems on different days on different aircraft. So it was always a learning experience, always an adventure, sometimes a headache. Yes. But yeah. I would it, imagine. it was enjoyable. That's awesome. That if you really enjoy what you're doing, then it doesn't yeah. really become a, a job more like it went by so fast. I mean, 32 years gone, and I can't believe it. Looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, where did it go? That's interesting. I used to work um, in aircraft parts, uh, an American Eagle in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Now I'm, I wasn't a mechanic. Let me clarify that for those out there listening. Um, and Tracy probably knows this. But for those out there listening, aircraft parts is basically I work in the warehouse and the mechanics come up to me and ask me if we have this part in stock and if we do, we deliver it to the mechanics. 
Um, and we had one female mechanic. I remember the day she got hired. It was a big deal. The news came out and everything because we the first female mechanic in Puerto Rico. Um, and again, it's not to imply that women can't do this job. Of course they can. And we're glad to see, uh, you know, that this has become like an equal opportunity job for everyone. And the trailblazers like yourself have kind of like kicked the door open um, for females to to join this job, which they absolutely should. Um, and that's something that when you look back to it, do you feel like a trailblazer? Do you feel like you did something that, you know, you're yeah. proud of in that aspect? I, I think so. And I mean, I've always had the personality where when I am into something, it's 150% and give it your all. So I think so. That's amazing. And also the airline industry is, I know when you work as a supervisor, you know, that's a cutthroat job. One day you're there, especially when, you know, when you work in management areas, if you, I'm assuming you were yep. supervising mechanic management area. I mean, you can, for, for, you can be the best manager, best supervisor and for logistic reasons, they might just, you know, give you. I went through that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know. Working for the airline industry for 30 years, I know how that works, especially yeah. in management. They can be very cutthroat when it comes to that. So you retired and all of a sudden you picked up kayak fishing. And that was in what year did you pick up kayak fishing? That was 2016. And I kind of started in saltwater. I really didn't know anything about bass. I mean, I came to Florida. I bought a little Walmart or Sam's Club $300 kayak, went over to the Mosquito Lagoon and started catching redfish and trout and snook. I got tired of the drive to do saltwater fishing. So I thought I'm going to get into these lakes that are everywhere around my house. And I started looking around. I saw all the alligators kind of put me off for another year. and. Uh, Finally, I, I just went went ahead and got in my kayak and tried not to worry about the gators and the rest is history. Then I, I got that first bass and um, I'm like, there's no need to saltwater fish. I'm happy with the bass. So what it, drew you? I didn't know anything. So what drew you to go, go from, from saltwater fishing to bass fishing? What did you love about bass fishing that? saltwater fishing didn't offer you? I love the fact that you can target specifically, you target the bass. In the saltwater, you throw whatever and you get whatever. Yeah. But the bass, I love that you had to pick them apart and see what they wanted. You, it's that same thing. It's something different. Every time you go fishing, they're going to want something different. So that drew me in there. And just, I don't know, catching that fish, it was pure joy. Just because you're targeting, I would say. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's it's a funny thing when I talk to bass fishermen all over, right? Especially kayak fishermen. Bass fishing is probably one of the hardest fish there is to catch. It really is. And I and I know what you mentioned. When you all saltwater fishing, I've done marsh fishing for reds and trout. Yeah. You throw in the lure. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, you can get anything. Granted, you yeah. can get different things in kayak fishing when you're, when you're fishing for bass. I mean, you can get a crappie, you can get a, a bowfin, or depending where you live, you can get a snakehead and stuff like that. But it's not that, you know, that wide open. Um, right, and, right. Like it is in, in saltwater fishing. And the fact that it makes it harder to bass fish, 
for whatever reason, as humans, we just enjoy it. We're like, yeah, I, give me the hardest thing to catch. That's what yep. I want to do. <laughs> it's that does, challenge. Does and that, like I said, it, it could change the next day. What you know, your yeah. technique will have to totally adapt. And I love, I love that. So let me, I can gather by this, you don't like to take the easy route no. at all in your life. Never. Nope. That's awesome. I, I, props to you for that. Now, when you started kayak fishing, um, were you disappointed there were that many that uh, female anglers out there? Was that something that uh, frustrated you or were you like, or did well, you get the, the reason feeling, I like, started my. Oh, go ahead. The reason show my sister because she's a huge bass fisherman she was bass fishing long thought about it and so I started the YouTube so she could tune in and see what I caught and it just took off from there people started looking at the videos and subscribing and before I knew it I had a thousand people and I had no intention of sharing with anyone except family really but yeah I didn't really I mean, I wasn't going man, woman, fishing. It that my concentration was on catching the bass. And uh, but lately, the last few years, I can definitely say that I would love to see more women doing it just because it is so much fun. So much fun. And I think women might be a little better paying attention to detail. So maybe they'll be better at it when we get a little more you know, women out there doing it. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. Women are, I mean, my wife is very detailed oriented versus mm -hmm. I'm not. And I can totally see that being translated. Somebody tells me something, I may forget five minutes yeah. later. But I tell my wife, since she, she always remembers. And I can't tell you the amount of times I'm like, where you been? It's like, I told you I was going to get my hair done. <laughs> but if I tell her, hey, I'm going fishing two weeks from now, she'll remember exactly yeah. that I told her. So, yeah, I can totally see how that would work as an advantage and lessen the learning curve um, just because you're very attention to detail on that. Yeah. Um, what has been... What have you gotten out of kayak fishing now in your retired life that that you didn't have before that you gravitate to, you know, keep doing it and keep growing? And I'll tell you what really got me in the kayaks. I used to be a marathon runner. And I mean, I've run thousands of races from 5Ks all the way up to full marathons. And right after I retired, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and there goes my running. I completely stopped the next day. So I had a huge void. I'm like, what? I'm used to getting up and running 10 miles. I didn't know what to do. And that's when I thought, you know, I like to fish. I've never kayak fished. It's exercise. It's also fun. So I thought I'd, you know, jump in the kayak and check it out. And that really, it, it replaced that, that missing part when I gave up the running. Yeah, that was that was a nightmare. I was so sad about the running, but you know what? Well, I don't even think about that anymore. Now it's all bass, 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 bass. <laughs> it is very addictive. What drives Tracy Joseph in general? I'm, I'm always trying to get better or faster or more efficient or more focused. I always have a goal. Even each 
cast I do, whether I'm just lollygagging, I pick a target and I go for it. You know, it's, it's always just to, to better myself. My dog and, barking over there. Oh, don't worry about it. It's not, that's not a problem. Yeah. Everything is about practicing and being better. Don't get me wrong. I have fun. That is my fun. What, why kayak fish? Why not stick to a boat? Why, why do something that's even harder and it's more um, uh, physically uh, challenging? That's it right there. That physical challenge. I love that. I, I did buy a boat back in 2017. It was just a flats boat, a, a Ginu. Had it for, I put approximately six hours on that engine. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want it. I want my kayak. So I sold the boat. It's, what it's kayak all about that challenge. What kayak? Yeah. I have a native Slayer Max 10 right now. I started in a, in a Weber from Sam's for about a year. And then I went into a Slayer Propel 10 for about five and a half years. And then I just got the Max a few months ago, six months ago, I guess. And that kayak is, correct me if I'm wrong, that's around the 70 to 80 um, pound ratio as far as the, yeah. the, the weight it's on it. It's 74. 74. Mm -hmm. How do you, like, do you have a trailer for it? Do you throw it in the back of your no. pickup on top of your car? Pickup, and I just have the sidekick or the boondocks, they call them, similar to the boondocks. But I hang it off the back of the truck, put the wheels in, lower her down, and then wheel it to the water. Let me ask you this. It's not a question that I was uh, thinking of asking, but I've, I've listening to you and, you know, being inspired by, by what you're doing. I have to ask for somebody that's, you know, within your same generation that retires and is looking to, you know, keep their life active, you know, kind of like longevity. What mm -hmm. advice do you have to them in general? Doesn't necessarily have to be a kayak fishing, but keep, as far keep as that doing attitude, what you love. Keep, keep active. Get out of the house, get out of your chair, get outside. Any part of you that says, Tracy, you're, you're too old to be doing this or you should turn it down. <laughs> Is there any part of you that feels that way that you feel like I'm, oh, I'm yeah. doing it? I mean, not not that I need to tone it down or not anything, but just like I said, on those hot summer days when you're finishing up and I try to be off the water by lunch now just because it's so hard to get I mean, it's dangerously hot. So, yeah, on those those days, I'm beat. And even if I was probably 20 years younger, I'd probably still be beat from the heat. But, yeah, that's and the, the one thing I've got to watch out for. Yeah, it's, it's killer down here. I came from Texas. I had been in Texas for 24 years. And it's hot there, too, but this humidity. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's funny because I have friends in in Colorado that ask me, "It's like, how, how do you like the humidity in Texas?" I'm like, "I'm from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Texas is a <laughs> desert to me." Yeah. <laughs> but everybody else is like, "Oh, it's very humid out there." It's not when you come from a Caribbean island. That, yeah, no, humid. Texas has nothing on the yeah. east. And and definitely, and we have gators, but not as big and as plentiful as you guys over there. Yeah, they're and, bigger and than my kayak. Yes, and uh, you touched on it. Is do you ever feel scared that the you know when you're out there on the water you see those big gators you're like Ugh. no but I 
I just came back from a camping trip from down south and I was fishing along the bank and I looked over and there was a gator that was at least 12 feet. And I looked at my kayak and I looked at him and I'm just like, I'll go around the long yeah. way. And he was gigantic, but no, they, they've never been a problem. And I do carry a, a pistol with me. Not that it's going to kill anything, but I think if someone gets aggressive and I have to pop a few, they'll turn around, but I've never even pulled it out of my pocket. They've never bothered me. And that was yeah, my biggest fear. Yeah. And that's, it usually don't bother you. And even, uh, but it's just, and I always say that it's one of those things where like, I know that it's probably not going to attack or do anything to me, but just the fact that it's based on his decision and not yeah. mine, that it's kind of <laughs> yep. uneasy. Like it's, yep. it's under their terms, you know, and, uh, and you've seen those videos where that one gator comes charging out of the brush and lands the kayak. Oh, oh yeah. I saw that video, man. That, that was, was so in Florida scary. too. Yes. Yes, it was. Well, I'm glad you haven't experienced anything like that. No, we'll so knock you, on wood. You mentioned that you started your um, your YouTube channel as a, um, a way to getting, you know, send videos to your family and all that. Now that it's out there and you've grown in your social media content and your audience, how has that changed? Do you just keep doing videos for your family or now have you kind of got a conscious decision to make it more entertaining for viewers? I do them for me, really, because... It may sound corny, but I go back and watch just because I get to relive all that excitement again, you know. But I think sometimes I do videos based on what subscribers might ask for. They'll ask me certain questions and I'll go ahead and answer them in the video or I'll go fish with subscribers or I'll go camp with subscribers, people that I've met. I mean, it's a good community for the most part. And yeah, the videos are more for me, but. So are you taken back with the reaction? Like, I know you mentioned you were kind of surprised, but does that feel, do you feel pressure now to perform as far as video content creation? I don't think so because I go fishing a lot where I don't put out videos, you know, but if I catch something really special, I do want to share it with all the subscribers just because I got a lot of people rooting for me and cheering me on and I appreciate that you know but not every trip is a video trip so what, I really don't have pressure from from the subscribers what has been your favorite reaction of somebody coming up to you and you know being recognized what what has been your favorite moment I still crack up when they, they want a selfie with me <laughs> I, I just it just cracks me up but it is fun when it's little kids little boys in fact i mean it, it just seems weird to have a seven-year-old child the dad saying oh he watches all your videos and he loves you but it's really cool it's fun do you have any inspiration when it comes to kayak fishing is there anybody that you look up to and you decide you know i, I want to achieve something like that or Oh, I look up to a lot of ladies. I'm, I've joined the Women Fishing Federation. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes. But yes. Uh, Amanda Brannon and Mel Isaacs and Christine Fisher, I look up to all of them, all of those ladies. I mean, they're, they're trailblazers too, in my opinion. 
and I can appreciate it and I can learn a lot from them. I already have. And it's just, it's like a sisterhood. So it's good. Yes, we have one of our hosts and panel and Finn, uh, Susie Roloff. I don't know yep, if you met yep. her. She's yeah, another I think one. Yes. Yep. So she's talked uh, a lot about, um, you know, the uh, Women's Fishing Federation um, and its role that it's played in her life and a lot of life. And and we yep. can see the effects of it. You know, we see Christine Fisher, Catherine Fields, you know, tearing it up in the tournament scene. And we've seen how even if they're not, participating in tournaments but we'd see more now ladies on the water trying to enjoy this sport because it really is a sport for everybody there's no reason yeah. why it has to be a dom male dominated sport right and i've said it all along the more people get involved regardless gender religion race so um uh financial uh stability the more people that get involved the better it is the more yeah, wide, sure. broad and widened community the better it is for everyone I've seen it grow just from when I first started the kayak fishing, just to get a boom for a camera. You couldn't find anything that was worth a darn, so I had to make my own. But now look, you have Yakatech makes everything under the sun. And I, I just, yeah, it's, they're accommodating us now. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, we. I've had that debate quite a few times on our um on chats and on comments and on the podcasts, the growth of the sport, whether you're really interested in tournament fishing or not, the fact that that tournament fish is what's going to power innovations. The more people get involved in tournament fishing, the more popular the sport is. It's money-driven. Yeah. It's money-driven. And therefore, it one, one, hand, one, one hand watches the other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, in, for you, Tracy, is tournament fishing something that you've done before? I do the challenges. I do the KBF challenge, and the Women's Fishing Federation has a challenge that they just started this year. So I do those two, and I do some of the one-offs on KBF, but I've done two trail series events. And I haven't caught a fish yet in the trail series. So that's going to be my, one of my next goals is to get a limit at least, you know. And both of those tournaments, one, there was a tornado. And on the second one, it was like 32 degrees. So I'm going to pick a spot where I got some decent weather at least, you know. But, yeah, I need to catch a fish. Yeah, we wouldn't be surprised at all to see you holding out a big check, one of those big checks at the end. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we, we certainly wish you uh, the best on that aspect. As far as your social media where can people follow you, Tracy, if they were interested in getting to know more about your brand? Probably the best place would be YouTube because I put the most content there and it's full length videos and I don't hold anything back. I'm, I'm pretty much, if you watch my videos, you know me. Then I also have Instagram. I post there a lot. And then I started a TikTok just, oh, I guess back in November or something like that. It was that video that you liked, the one that gave you goosebumps. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I I'm about to share on, with everybody. I put that on TikTok. Just I didn't even have an account. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can get some TikTokers to come over to my YouTube. So I put that on TikTok the next morning. My little sister called and said, hey, one of my customers just came in and he said he had a video for me to see. He said, 
look at this. And she watched it and she could recognize my voice. And she goes, is that you? Is that your TikTok account? I said, yeah, it sure is. That video was at a million the next day. I bet. I'm surprised, in I'm surprised in Instagram doesn't have more views. Um, yeah, my Instagram, the, for whatever reason, it's kind of just ho-hum. But yeah, it's, it's, I have several yeah. over a million. Mark Zuckerberg controls too much, I think. I, I, Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. But for those out there, and, and I'm going to try to share this on on our uh, for so for those out there that are watching the podcast on YouTube or in uh, on our Facebook, see if I can get it here. This is an That's amazing. The video. That is amazing. I really thought, look at that. That still gives me goosebump. I really thought that was our tarpoon. When I first saw this, and this is the first video I saw of your account. It came up on my feed. I'm like, there is absolutely <laughs> no way that's a bass. That is an absolute. How big was that bass, by the way? Eight, just under eight pounds. Really? I Who had the camera. I had started a new, another GoPro. I added it and it's down at water level on my kayak. So it, it as soon as that fish broke, the camera, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just made it look giant. It looks like a 20 pound bass. And look, if you would have told me that's a 30 pound bass, I would have said, oh yeah, that's totally a 30 pound <laughs> bass. Um, and again, only 6,000 views. Like I've, I've watched it 6,000 times. So trust me, it's that at, number it's is at wrong. 2.5 million right now on TikTok. I, I, it is, um, I still, I can't, I don't get tired of watching that video. I know. My favorite part. And one of the things that I love about bass fishing is when you're bass fishing and you're looking at your line and all of a sudden you see that line moving directions and you know, even if you haven't felt the bite that you have something on the other line. And that to me is, is it's, I love that, that experience of, well, on that feeling. fish, he actually, it was a super spook. He hit it way. I mean, I bombed that thing and he hit it way out there and I was trying to keep it down, but he had so much line. I knew he was coming and I was putting that rod down and he just soared out of the water. Um, I was doing everything I could to keep it down. He he was hooked good or else he would have thrown it right there on that once. That was the second jump of the, the deal. That, it, it was an amazing amazing fish even though it was only 715 or whatever it was quite exciting it is it is and again an amazing um video i love it and we mentioned that you have tiktok you have uh, youtube and you have instagram but what and i know because i followed you but for those out there listening how can what's the the name of your channel old lady angler on all three just you can put it all in one all together or spell it out. It, it pulls up either way. If you just Google that old lady angler, it pulls up all the stuff. Does um, Was it hard for you to pick that name or it just came naturally? <laughs> Did you feel at I all? I was preparing for my retirement, you know, and I'm like, okay, so I'm retired now. I guess I'm old. So it just stuck. And then everybody shortened it to Ola. And that, that's people think that's my name, Ola. Yeah, when I, I actually, it's funny enough because when I tried to, before I contacted you, I asked Susie, I'm like, I'm sure she's got to be in the Women's Fishing Federation. So I asked Susie, 
I'm like, Susie, I know his not, name is not Ola. So I, I want to reach out to her. And I, I, it's just like, no, it's Tracy. I'm like, okay, I know. But I just, I don't, <laughs> now I know that's your name. Because it's like, I don't want to reach out to say, hey, old lady. <laughs> you, know, you know how much trouble? That's why I have to specify my intro. You your know, mother would not like that. Nah, not at all. <laughs> I would get a stern talking to if if she ever heard me referring to you as old lady. <laughs> That is, it's an, I mean, it is awesome to see what you're doing. Do you feel old, Tracy? No, not really. Like on this camping trip I just did, I felt like a kid again. I was in a truck top tent and I just, it was like being a, a kid again. All Did, let, me ask, let me ask you this, and I know this is personal, so if, uh, and, and I apologize, but uh, do you have, are you married? Do you have kids, grandkids? I'm married. I have a stepson, no grandkids. Okay. And uh, how does your husband feel about you going? Does he go with you or this is just. Nope, I go solo. Are... Oh, I'm, my battery's running low here. I don't have my. Well, what you, we'll try to take, we'll go as long as we can on this. Um, and hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll be able to wrap it up before the uh, battery goes off. And again, you're going to be, you're welcome to come back anytime, uh, Tracy. So let me ask you this. Does your husband, what does your husband think about going, in, you going to lakes where there's crocodiles, alligators, or whatever? No else? worries. Does he even interested in bass fishing? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Is Was he surprised when you decided that you wanted to pick up this new hobby? No, not really. Because it's an outdoorsy thing. It's. It's right up my alley. I'll say, see you in a few days. No, I don't say few days, but I'll just say, see you in a, this afternoon or whatever. I, I open up my computer and I put a push pin in the lake that I'm going to be at and I leave it yeah. open in case something happens. That's exactly where I'm at because I go alone and I go to the National Forest and I go down to the Everglades and uh, all over, you know, I after the ever, I got the Everglades next week, and then the following week I'm going to Lake Fork for the Women's Fishing Federation yearly event. Oh, that's going to be here, at Lake Fork. Yeah, so Whoa. that's for four or five days, and then from there I got a month on the road, just the Buffalo River, different rivers and springs throughout Missouri, just traveling and fishing. Oh, Buffalo River is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I had a blast there two years ago. Oh, I love that place. So many small mouth. Well, I might go to Lake Fork and just so I can take a selfie with you. Is that okay? <laughs> I, I would love I, it. I am not going to interrupt what you girls are doing over there. I just want to go there and take a selfie with you. I would love it. Are That's you close awesome. to Lake Fork? I'm two hours away. I'm actually going to Lake Fork tomorrow. A friend of mine is getting married. Um, he loves fishing. He doesn't have the time to go fishing, but I told him, you know, what do you want to do for your bachelor's party? So it's like, man, just let's just go fishing all day. I'm like, all right, I can do that. So we're going That'll to Lake work. Fork tomorrow to go fishing. Yeah. That'll Have work. you been to Lake Fork before? Never. I never, I lived, you know, in Dallas for 24 years and I never bass fished there. I never fished. Not until I, really? I fished as a kid, you know, with my dad and my siblings, but serious fishing. I didn't do that till I got here. That's crazy because you lived in Dallas where it's like bass capital of America here. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, I would love to go back and, you know, have a do-over on a few years. 
How long have you and your husband been married? Uh, since 2007. 2000. Does he is still like now uh, after obviously uh, what, a decade and, and more of being married? Is he still surprised at you at the energy that you have and your adventurous no. spirit? Or does he knew that straight from the beginning? Yep. That, this is how this is me from the time I was, you know, itty bitty. Always on the go, always outside, getting dirty, injuring, you know, falling, cutting myself. Never, never took it easy. That's awesome. So I know your battery is going to run out, and I and I and want to leave on a on a high note. So um, let me ask you a couple of quick, rapid questions so people get to okay. know you better, Tracy. Sure. Um, first of all, if you couldn't fish, if you couldn't fish, I'm sorry for bass. What other fish would you be choose? Redfish. Redfish. If you only had one lure you could use, what lure would that be? Ooh. For right bass, now, yeah. right now it would be the tiny child. <laughs> tiny child. Tell us about that one. I'm it's not a familiar. With it's that a one. Ned rig. Oh, yes, yes. The TRD that's on a tiny hook yeah. and with the wacky weight in the bottom. Yes. No, that's that, my favorite one. That is killing it here for me yeah. recently. On Grass Lakes? Oh, my God. That is. Yeah. I The first time I watched it, I think it was Fluke Master. And I thought I, I, he called it the Child's Play Rigs. And then I saw, I think, Wired to Fish. And I think they called it the Tiny Rig. So I know it's gotten a lot more popular in the last couple oh of years. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. killer. It is. It is. That thing, it's, let's not say too much. I'll probably edit that out just because I know it's still a, a secret, but it is, does cat. It's a fake. Okay. Spread. My it other is. favorite lure <laughs> is the one I just caught my PB on. That's the Stanley Wedge. I've been throwing Stanley Wedges since I started bass fishing. And for that's those the out there, that, that's the spinnerbait. Okay. What is your personal best? That's a nice segue. 11 pounds, one ounce. And wow. And length? She was 26 and a half. That was last month. Wow. 11, one, 26. Her mouth was just, I could put both hands like that right down her throat. She, and she was so old. She had brown inside of her mouth, but fought like you wouldn't believe. Unbelievable fish. I Did can't believe she stayed pinned because I tried to lip her twice and she just went nuts. Because she wouldn't fit in my net. Let me ask you this. This is probably a stupid question, but I don't know why. It just makes sense in my mind to ask this question. You say you saw the fish and you saw, you know, you noticed she was old. Was there any connection that you felt? I know this is kind of stupid. <laughs> yes. But like, like you like, like two old gals look fighters. Was there any like synergy oh, there? I There really was. And I just treated her as gently as I could. And I let her sit in my net with some, you know, the water so she could breathe. Because I just was thinking all that that fish has gone through. She had scars and a busted lip and chunk out of her back. And she's got to be 20, you know, 15 years old or so. So I was just trying to imagine what that fish had been through. And I just, yeah, I really take care of those big ones because they deserve it. Do you saw a little bit of yourself in that being you know, oh, battle scars and yes. going through some... 100%. You see, there's no substitute for that. No. There really is not. 
that that's a feeling that no nothing can match and take away. That's yep. beautiful. I don't. I, that's I'm gonna end it with that question because I don't. I think that's that that's, says it all. That says it all right there uh, about you know your love and passion and 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 you know kind of your personality and who Ola is and what she what fishing means to her. Fizzy, thank you so much. I know you're running out of battery and I, and I hate to cut it short in, in some aspects, but you're always welcome to come to the show and 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 talk more fishing. Before I let you go, what's what are you most looking forward to now in, in your next fiction adventure? What is the next um challenge that you have for you? Like for I said, doing a live trail event and catching my limit. I mean, like I said, I've only done the two tri two live tournaments. It doesn't even have to be KBF. I'm just looking forward to a live tournament where I catch my limit. And that may sound corny, but I haven't done it. And I've been, I've tried. Do you know which one is your next tournament that you're going to be fishing? Nope, not at all. Because with my traveling schedule, I really have to plan far in advance. And right now I'm focused on Lake Fork and the Buffalo River and that 30 days in the Midwest of fishing. And then I'll come back and start looking. Well, we look forward to your. I hope you come out to Lake videos. Fork. I'll be looking. I am. You. I'm, I will. I promise you I will. When did, what awesome. day do you like to Lake Fork? Well, if you want, we can talk about it after the camera. Okay. Uh, after record, you don't have to say that in public. Um, but um, people can follow you as old lady angler. We mentioned Twitter, not Twitter. I'm sorry. Um, TikTok. Instagram and Facebook. I wanted to give you a couple of no minutes. Facebook, I don't know. YouTube. No, I mean not Facebook. YouTube. I apologize. YouTube. Um, I wanted to give you a few minutes. If, is there any sponsorship? Anybody that in particular do you want to thank for helping you with your kayak? Sure. Uh, Native Watercraft. They they picked me up on the pro team a couple years ago, and mainly it was because of my YouTube. And I had already been using their kayak for a few years, and I. I loved it. And when we connected and that was like a natural fit. So I'm still on their pro team and Stanley Jiggs, same type of deal. He saw my social media. He saw me throwing the Stanley wedge and catching big fish and reached out to me. And it's not really a sponsorship or anything. And we just have a relationship and we keep in touch. If I need anything, he helps me, you know, in any way he can. So I appreciate both of those. Awesome. Well, Tracy, thank you so much. Stick around mm -hmm. after we end the recording so we can get your details when you're coming up. But again, thank you for blessing the podcast coming up. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. I'm, I can't wait to see your journey. I really hope you get to record some of those videos of, of your journey, both oh, I will. Uh, Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worth um, in 30 days in the Midwest, um, Arkansas, Buffalo River, all that. Missouri, that's going to be amazing content that I really look forward to to seeing that and, and, and sharing it with the rest of the world. So thank you so much, Tracy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate well, my it. My pleasure, my honor. And for those out there listening, remember, if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers while you're on the water, please, please uh, drink responsibly, stay safe, and make sure you get back home to your loved ones. If you've made it this far on the podcast, remember, go check out my sponsor, DouglasOutdoors.com. Have a great day, everyone.